Hi, this is Andrew Hiller, and you are listening to The Hiller Cast. Hello. So, I had a lot of good feedback about the CrossFit side of one of my previous podcasts. And I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the what does it take to be good in the sport that is CrossFit. And again, it's in my opinion. So in the handful of years that I was running the gym, I would always, and I guess I should also say the gym in the area was the most competitive amongst, I don't know, everything in the Chicagoland area. So when someone was wanting to get good at it, had a lot of people kind of embark on, hey, we're going over to CrossFit Alpha Dog because this is where Andrew Hiller is and this is where the team is and this is where all the talent in the area kind of flocks to, which is always good for wanting to get better. It's surround yourself by the best and it helps you get better just by the nature of it. It's the whole big fish, little pond, little fish, big pond. It's like, which one would you rather be? And if you want to actually be good, you try to surround yourself by people who are better than you. You don't want to be the biggest fish in this little baby pond because it kind of limits you. So, I mean, and then I've also, to that note, the whole internet deal and social media has upped that quite a bit because the pond is the world and you know what's going on everywhere to an extent. That's just a side note. So, I kind of bookmarked this into three things, and they're opinions, and they're just something that when someone walked in, they're like, hey, I'm looking to get really good at the sport. I want to be the best CrossFitter I can be, or I want to make the games. I immediately kind of analyzed what that statement meant, and some of the things that I looked at were what is this person's self-perception of what it is they're saying to me. It's like, oh, deep, holy crap, they want to make the games. Uh, Why? Maybe it's for good reasons. Maybe it's for bad reasons. The games was always like something cool, but and it was something that almost when you go ahead and say it like that without knowing who you who you're talking to, that being me who freaking sold their soul to do it for a long time, and then knowing kind of what it takes. It's like, you've only been working out for how long? It, it, it has a lot of, to do with just saying that out loud off the bat, walking into a gym. So that was always something. So what is it that you're capable of? Uh, a lot of people don't really have the wherewithal to understand that. So with that one comes genetic limit. There are people in this world who will be really good at things almost for no reason. And you can thank your parents and you can thank your parents' parents and you can thank the work that was put in by your parents' parents' parents. So if your great-grandparents were busting their butts, their genes were kind of probably altered a little bit and that's going to trickle down to you. So if you had someone who was a Navy SEAL swimming all the time, you probably have a little bit of that good swimming in your blood somewhere, in your DNA somewhere. And if your parents were 
I don't know, Olympic sprinters. You might have, and all, maybe they didn't have fast twitch muscle fibers, and which probably would keep them from being Olympic sprinters. But let's say they were dead set on it and they tried everything they could. They 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 probably gave you a little bit of something something to be better off than you would have been had they had not been trying that entire time. So. Your genetics have a lot to do with where you're going to go. And it's not just so much muscle fiber type and how well you breathe and how your heart pumps blood and all that, but it does have a lot to do with your height and your weight. So you're going to have, you're going to be really hard pressed to be a great CrossFit person being 6'5. Go play basketball. Just like if you were 5'6, you'd have a really hard time playing basketball. Go do CrossFit. So it just, the cards you're dealt and you know sometimes it sucks but if you are six foot three super muscle bound a male go play football i don't know that's just the way it works so it's very very uh statistically seen that if you're a male in the sport five seven to five ten and anywhere from 180 to 200 pounds is going to be super helpful it's a genetic thing you can't help it if you're outside of those weight wise you can fix it if you're outside of those height wise it's an uphill battle at that point forward doesn't mean it's impossible no but the farther away you are from that statistically the harder it's going to be and females, it's something along the lines of what was it, five three to five seven, and from one thirty to one sixty, and that's a little bit broader of a spectrum than the males, but still, same thing holds up. Is it's harder the farther away you get from those. Uh, what are you capable of to go further? Is what is your sports history? So if you're twenty eight walking into the gym and you haven't worked out in a while and you've been doing bodybuilding and that's it. It's going to be hard because maybe, I mean, well, it'll be, you'll have advantages and disadvantages. So if you're bodybuilding, you might have real good muscle endurance. You might know your way around the gym. And those are two things that are super helpful, but you'll be missing kind of the sport performance side of it, like the explosive side of it for the Olympic lifts. You might have issues putting your arms over your head, having been doing all of that bodybuilding for as long as you were doing if, and it works vice versa as well, just like the height and weight thing. So uh, if you played soccer for a long period of time, you might have a really easy time doing workouts like Murph, where they're longer because soccer games are long and there's running involved and it's a lot of repetition and none of it's real high power output. But being that soccer player and not having too much of an emphasis put on weightlifting and explosive performance, you might have an issue with workouts like Isabel which is just a grip it and rip it barbell workout, hip extension over and over. You might have a hard time keeping up on the heavy lifts. So let's say, hey, go do a one rep front squat like they, or a four rep front squat. You might have a hard time getting into the range you need to be to be competitive. And all right, we're going further. The time that you have to work. So let's say you know what your things are. It's like, oh, this is where I'm struggling. How much time do you have to work based on where you are in your life? You're... 18 to 22 years old, you're in college and you don't have much stress on you, you're going to have a lot more time and effort to, or time and ability to do what you need to do to get better. And if you are 28 to 32 and older years old, you're going to have less time. You might be further along in your career. You might have a family and those things are going to kind of pull you away from 
being able to put things into what it is that you suck at, which is the only way you're good at CrossFit. You do the things that you aren't so great at and you try to keep the things you're good at as good as possible. So how much time do you have work that goes along with what are you capable of? And then the last thing I have for what are you capable of is your willingness to do those things. So a lot of the time people say, Hey, I want to go to the CrossFit games. And then I'm like, all right, let's see what you got within a week. You can tell that you are either good or you're not so good at certain things. And if those certain things are something like handstand pushups and then you, your verbiage when approached with, Hey, you need to do this, to get better at handstand pushups from someone like me, your verbiage being, Oh, it hurts my neck. I just lose my mind. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like, you want to be good at the sport of CrossFit. And then you clearly need to work on handstand pushups, but now you're telling me it hurts your neck. It's like, quit giving me confounding freaking speech. It's like, you're going to drive me crazy. You have driven me crazy at that point. So are you willing to do what you need to do to get better? If you are a high school football athlete slash college, and you've got a lot of 10 second burst in you just from having done that sport for as long as you've done that sport, are you willing to sit on a rower for a long time? Cause you got to damper yourself almost like damper means you can snatch 300 pounds once. And if you had to do 135 for 30, you, you die at about 10 reps in and you still got to do 20 more. So you've got to build up the endurance, the muscle endurance. You've got to dampen your ability to just pop, pop, pop at the hip and you've got to put in less effort. And that only comes with time spent on these silly machines and time spent doing the repetitions. And that's not so fun for some people. It is if you are into it and it's, you kind of love doing what you want, need to do to get to where you're going to go, but it's not fun if you don't really understand what it is you're doing it for. So you want to go to the CrossFit games. You want to be really, really good at CrossFit. You want to be the best you can be genetic limit sports history how long do you have to do what you want to do and how willing are you to do what you need to do? Those are just kind of things that I think immediately. Then, uh, on to two after what are you capable of? It's how realistic is it for you? So I kind of went into body uh, anthropometrics, which is just limb lengths and whatnot. So you look at people like Matt Fraser and he's just kind of built to do the crap. Hey, go do parallel handstand pushups. Go do pistols. Go do squats. Go do thrusters. Go swim. Go blah, 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 blah. The thing he's not made for is running. So he probably put a bunch of time in on running, and it paid off. He's pretty good at the stuff now. But you watch him do a lot of everything else, and it's like, wow, it just looks so easy. And it is easy for him because he's made for it. Now, if you have real long femurs, it doesn't matter if you're 5'9", it's going to be harder for you to squat than it is for someone like Rich Froning at that same height who has limb lengths, which are made for squatting, snatching, and all that stuff. So again, you're fighting an uphill battle. Are you realistically going to be able to keep up with somebody on wall balls when you are you, you got longer limb lengths than them? It's like, no, you understand that. Maybe you'll be a better rower because of it or a better deadlifter because of it. That's just kind of how that works. So Realistically, it's hard to keep up on certain things. Um, you got to know a lot about yourself. You got to know a lot about others. So let's see. What's a pretty good example in the back of my head about this? 
I like Seth. Actually, I'll just say Seth because it's a it's it's something that I don't see very often. Seth walked into the gym one day, did a workout with me and my buddy Glenn at the time, and we were in good shape. And he's like, "Hey, I want to be really good at this CrossFit thing." So, like, all right, do this workout with us. And he got his butt kicked real bad. And then it was like ten minutes after we, he was done getting his butt kicked, he goes, "I want to be top hundred in the CrossFit region." which wasn't something that was easy at the time, especially with no training history in CrossFit. He had a lot of training history in sports performance, but none in CrossFit. And I was like, okay, dude, whatever. Now, Seth is someone who knows himself real well, much better than I knew him. I thought I'd, I mean, I'd never seen it before. Someone walks in, gets their butt kicked in the way he got his butt kicked and then does something, but he knows himself so well, where he's like, I could probably do this. I want to do this. I'm going to put my mind to it and I'm going to do it. Also, at that point in time, Seth looked at what my buddy Glenn and I were doing. He goes, I could probably do that. I see how they're going about it. If I do this, this, and that, then there it is for me. So he used all of that info, and he then, three months later, did what he said he was going to do. And then on the flip side, there's a handful of people who will look at things other people can do and almost just disregard it and say, I don't got to do that. I don't got to do 150 chest bars in five minutes. I don't have to be able to do 30 muscle ups. I don't have to be able to do 200 burpees in 10 minutes. I don't have to row that amount of distance in that amount of time, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then because they just, eh, I don't got to do that. I just want to be really good. And I'd rather just back squat real heavy or front squat real heavy and do the things that look cool for the internet and do the things that look cool for me. So I beat everybody in the gym when I want to, but not when I need to. So when push comes to shove, they have the they they see the information they know themselves they know everyone else and they haven't used them what they've been given to be good so they're being super unrealistic because they're just being kind of silly and then you got to be afraid to push yourself so let's say that same person who didn't want to do the number of pull-ups and wanted to do the muscle-ups and wanted the burpees didn't want to do the rowing let's say that they are getting better at things and it's like hey we're gonna do a 2k row and then they know their best 2K row time is 658. So they pace off a 658 and they just do a 658. And then they do it a week later. It's a 658. And then they do it a 658 again. You got to kind of be a little bit dumb. It's like, well, I got a 658 and I'm going to go for a 638, which if you know anything about rowing and rowing a 2K, shaving off that 20 seconds is crazy in a week or two or even a month or even three months or even a year to take off 20 seconds in a 2k is freaking wild so that person maybe they get a 656 and they're like ah damn i only took off two seconds and i want to take off 20 seconds well if they weren't that like i I just like to say dumb then they wouldn't have taken off any time they would just keep doing a 658 that's my biggest issue i'll pick on myself for a minute so it's like i know my best 2k is 634 and Hey, Andrew, I rose 634. I'm like, God, that hurt. Uh, never in my head would I'd say, hey, I'm going to go do a 624 because I know how much harder that is than a 634. And that's probably a huge limiter of mine. I, like, I know very much what I'm capable of, and I never really want to push further than what I'm capable of, which is a giant limiter for me. I see someone kind of take off, and I'm like, that person's really good at wall balls. I'm going to let you go. <laughs> and then it's like, well, could I have kept up with him? I'll never know because I never tried. So it's something that I know. It's something I'm working on. 
And it's something that hopefully will pay dividends to me at some point. So on this category, it was realistic versus unrealistic, knowing your body limb lengths, your anthropometrics, knowing what you can do and what you're capable of, knowing a lot about yourself and others, the self example, and then knowing and when it's good to push and be dumb. I need to be dumber. Andrew, be dumber. Stop thinking so much. Get out of your head. So those were my four little things within being realistic versus being unrealistic. And then my last topic to talk about when it comes to being better when it comes to the sport of CrossFit is it's between your ears and you hear it all the time. It's so silly. It's like mental toughness, blah. So I put this last because I think it's the least important while still being important. So when it comes to mental toughness and you hear Matt Fraser and his hard work pays off, it's like, does the guy work hard? Yes. But he also has extreme capability, which was what we talked about first. And he has two, a real, a very realistic chance at winning the CrossFit games those five times in a row, which he did. So he has the first two. He has the right limb lengths. He has the genetic potential. He has great sports history. He has all the time in the world to work because he'd give it to himself. He's willing to do it. He has the right limb lengths. He knows what he can do. He knows a lot about everybody else. He knows an ungodly amount about himself, and he's never afraid to push. So I had the two topics. I had the eight subcategories, and this is completely accidental, actually, that they all lined up with him. Then... And only then he has all those things. Does it have anything to do with, is he super mentally tough? It's like, well, believe it or not, a lot of people in this world are pretty mentally tough. There's also a lot of people who are mentally tough. And diet is probably the biggest indicator. You're out to eat, you know, someone's on a diet. Are they or are they not going to eat like crap? You watch it. Fried food comes out they touch it or they don't are they on a diet or are they not doesn't matter for that person there you go mental toughness comes to those people who bypass the things that they shouldn't be doing in certain amounts of times and it also comes to people who need to do things when they don't want to so when you want to we'll come back to the 2k so you gotta do the 2k row it's the day you have to do it are you gonna push yourself to a point where you need to push yourself or are you gonna lay off the gas You've worked out for four days in a row. It's the fifth day. You're super beat up. Are you going to put yourself in a place where you want to put yourself? Matt Frazier's answer all the time was freaking yes. And in order to be good, you've got to do it more often than not. Soreness is a thing. Aches and pains are a thing. Now, this is all about CrossFit and performance. This isn't about CrossFit and life and health. So when you're in life and health and trying to do it for longevity, you shouldn't really be beat up. But when you're doing it for sports performance and being wiped out, it's like it's going to happen. So you shut your freaking mouth and you get to it. I don't like to hear that are people, and it's not me liking to hear, that person who wants to be at such level that they say, shut the hell up and walk the walk, talk the talk. Put it out there. That's just how it works. So... Let's say Matt Fraser. When push comes to shove, he gets it done. Now, let's say you also had Matt Fraser. He's had all the talent, but let's say he had none of the guts. 
he, he never like really put himself there. He didn't do that. He didn't push himself. He, when it came, when it came time to do it, he didn't do it. He said it himself, 2015, when he lost to Ben Smith, it's because he'd walk by a donut shop and he'd go, oh, hey, donuts. And he would just get a dozen and crush a dozen. And he was watching a video of him working out of the games. And he'd go, God, nobody told me how fluffy I was. Like, why didn't anyone tell me? And no one told him. And he didn't know. Maybe he did know. He's like, well, it's pretty common sense that a dozen donuts isn't good for you. So he had to have known, but it wasn't something he was willing to give up at that time. So him losing to Ben Smith, he's like, all right, you got to clean up the diet. And he just did it. If he hadn't done it, maybe he just finishes second every year. Maybe he gets beaten by Vellner in a year and Vikowski in another year. And then he gets beaten by Noel Olson in a year. And now he's probably still doing the sport or he's not. And he's nowhere. He's no one anyone really cares about as much. He's like really good because he has all the capability. It's going to happen some way, somehow, but not five in a row. So he has all the talents, but none of the guts. And then the last one is he's a mental midget. You could be not. He is not. He's the opposite of a mental midget. And I've been experiencing a little bit of the mental midget where here we go. All the work is done. The hay is in the barn, as they say, and you got to go perform. And then you just can't do it. Why? Uh, sports psychology people would know this better than me, but it's just something you witness. It's like everything lines up and then something happens. And a lot of the time, and I have a very good example of this, it was an open workout and so much pressure to finish within the top 20 in the region in 2018, because then you go to regionals as an individual. And that was up the pinnacle for a lot of people in the area because the games are hard and very hard, but regionals was something that was just within reach. And because it was just within reach, it was a huge thing. And I remember there was a thruster workout, which was something I didn't know how bad I was at at the time and chest bar pull-ups, which is something I was very good at. So some people were like, Oh, Andrew, all these chest bar pull-ups, you're going to do, you're going to crush this thing. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I am going to crush this thing. And then three minutes into a seven minute workout, it's like, Holy hell, what is going on? Why is this so hard? In hindsight, Andrew's really bad at thrusters. Andrew didn't know how bad he was at thrusters, but they were kind of ending his world. So three minutes into a workout, Andrew's chalking his hands. Andrew hears his teammate Katie over the corner. It's like giving him a, go ahead, Andrew, nice job. And Andrew just whips a piece of chalk across the room, me. Uh, and I'm like, oh, hindsight, how in the hell did was that something that happened? It's like, well, Andrew was a mental midget. <laughs> Andrew uh, couldn't get his head straight. Andrew faltered under pressure. Andrew ended up just not doing that workout again because he couldn't, because he couldn't bring himself to actually, you know what? Lied. He tried. He tried to do that workout. I don't know, a dozen times, seven minute AMRAP of a descending ladder of thrusters and chest of bar pull-ups. Never got through that same like three, three and a half minute mark because it's hard to hurt. And you know what? Lots of stuff starts to go through your head. And at that point in time, just you, you, you turn off. And that's something that you need to work through and work with in training and hope it never happens when it come, when push comes to shove between the years. So we're recapping. Category one, what are you capable of? You walk into the gym, you say something. 
is everything that you're about to do something that you're going to be capable of doing your limit, your sports history, your time, your willingness. Number two, is it realistic? Do you have the body for it? Do you know what you can do? Do you know what others can do? And then are you going to be afraid to do what you have to do once you know those things or are you not? And then number three is how mentally tough are you between your ears? Are you going to be able to get things done? Do you have guts and you'd, once you have all those things, competition day, can you just do it? Or are you going to throw chalk at your friends like me, like an idiot? Lots of pressure. Oh my God, the CrossFit Open. Jesus. They made it easier. So I'm happy about that. Top 10%. No problem. Still not fun, but still no problem. <laughs> so that's my little chat about... And this is for CrossFit only people, I suppose. Duh. But I had a lot of people who had liked the subsection of why are you doing what you were doing in CrossFit? So this is kind of going further into the competitive side. And maybe I'll go further into the health and fitness, health and wellness side and another one. Got nothing else for you guys. That's everything. Andrew Hiller. Bye.